Are you a college student looking for better guidance on how to, quote, figure out your life after college? Maybe you're slowly looking at jobs, or maybe you're finally getting around to editing your resume. Or maybe you're just getting anxiety awaiting for the question at Thanksgiving family dinner, what are you going to do after college? Yep, I've been there. That's why I created my career ebook guide to help guide you on the path to young adult life in your postgrad career. From custom resume templates, ways to improve your LinkedIn, cover letter examples, top interview questions, and more, it's all in my ebook guide, which you can find on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog/shop. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, friends. Happy Tuesday. Another redundant happy Tuesday remark. Um, But what's up, guys? My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, which is this show, obviously. And if you are brand new here, thank you for joining me today. I'm glad you took some time out of your day to listen to me rant and ramble and whatever. Um, But this podcast, what I primarily talk about is life fulfillment and kind of the art of designing a life that fulfills you uh, oftentimes revolving around a culmination of your relationships your mindset your lifestyle mental health um, your career obviously and so forth so um, I always just try to combine a little bit of each in every podcast or at least most of it Um, but today is a very simple kind of straightforward topic I talk you know, obviously on this solo episode, um, just kind of my ideas around what each of us can do to uh, pretty much shift the focus on ourselves and start doing things more for ourselves and saying no to the things that just simply do not align with us because I know that can be kind of difficult, especially at this age and FOMO and social media and seeing what other people are doing. So I share just a roundabout of my own tips and thoughts. I try not to be too structured on this episode, but without further ado, I'm going to just dive into the episode. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how to put yourself first and ultimately how to say no to the things, the people, and places, whatever that may be, that simply do not align with you. I'm really excited to talk about this topic because I know, especially from experience, that it can be hard sometimes to learn how to put ourselves first and not want to be a people pleaser because that in itself is very hard like saying no to someone is hard especially your friend or someone close to you and I just think the act of saying no kind of feels demeaning and not that nice but I do want to help you guys reframe the way you think about saying no to people and why that's going to benefit you in the long run so pretty much today I didn't specifically have an outline to go by because I did want it to be more of a natural 
solo conversation, if you will. But I do have certain bullet notes here where I share just the questions I tend to ask myself when it comes to evaluating, you know, am I going to go do this or am I not going to go do this or is that what I want to be doing, etc, etc. So um, going to be a short episode. I'm just going to dive into the first question. Okay, so the first question I tend to ask myself, which I do think is kind of the foundation of putting myself first, is simply what are the values and principles I live by? So I would say this mentality revolving around principles came from reading the book Principles by Ray Dalio, which is a book I have recommended so many times on both my Instagram, YouTube, blog, whatever that may be. And I read this book back in my junior year of college when I was just going through a lot of growth, a lot of mental obstacles, and honestly, just really reshaping the person that I was and the person that I wanted to become. And in reading this book, I learned a lot about the importance of having core principles to live by. Because when you have these principles, you can always go back to them when you're having a difficult time deciding what to do. So for example, you know, if you're in the middle of a situation and you kind of want to lie, and again, I'm not going to like say we don't lie, none of us don't lie. I mean, obviously many of us have lied and, you know, there's an extreme on if you're lying all the time or if you have a white lie here and there, right? But I guess I'll give it more on like a personal example. For me, after reading that book, I decided from that day forward that I was going to live by one of the principles, which is just having integrity. And that means having integrity in everything I do, having integrity in my work, my relationships, the things that I say. And I chose that value and principle because I personally didn't think that I lived by that principle um, leading up to that point. And so I recognized that was one of the major shifts that I wanted to see from myself. I wanted people to be able to Think of Emily Duong and think that, wow, she is someone that just lives with high integrity. She's someone that I can trust her word on and I can, I believe it when she says that she does something, right? And that also comes with proving it. Some some of the things I do, you know, like I don't get to just say, like you have to be able to see results out of it, right? So because I choose to live by the principle of integrity, I'm not going to allow myself to, I guess, like not act with integrity, if that makes sense. So that, you know, same thing that goes with lying and cheating to get a certain result that I want in a selfish manner. Like I, like, you know, when you, it's just like working out, in my opinion, like in order to live by specific value, you have to practice it. So you have to be in situations where you mindfully are asking yourselves, okay, like we're asking yourself, Emily, you could lie or you'd act with integrity here. What are you going to do? And so it's like when you're working out, you don't want to finish that last rep, whatever that may be, but you tell yourself, my ass is going to look so much better if I do. My legs are going to look better. I'm going to be more toned. I'm going to thank myself tomorrow. It's the same thing. And so I guess that's kind of what I'm asking myself all the time. Like, what are these values and principles? And how do I apply them in my life? And like I said, integrity is one of my core principles. And to kind of go off on a tangent on that, 
I think when I learned and wrote down what my principles were, I realized that in order to have these principles, I also have to be around people that embody these values. And so that is a big part of why I have the friends I have today. That's also why I've, in my opinion, become a more thoughtful, mindful, kind-hearted person because these some of these things like I did not have um, prior to that growth period. And so I was specifically looking for girlfriends, for example, like just friends at my new school at the time. I was looking for people that I felt like embodied this in integrity and trustworthiness and how I can learn from them to become more of that person, you know? So that also ties in with your relationships. So, you know, whether that's a girlfriend or a boyfriend, I realized that I need a partner that also has these same core values, which I think is overlooked at the age of early 20s and maybe even mid to late 20s. I think we all learn at a different pace, but I think if there's one thing that I think plays a significant role in your compatibility with your partner and your long-term partner, it is the values that you live by. Because no matter you know how many fights you get in, arguments, debates, whatever, I think if a partnership or couple, if they have core principles to go back to, and they're so strong, which is like the foundation of a house, if you will, I would say those relationships will be able to last longer on a probability scale because those two people live by the same foundation and they live on the same foundation and it's so strong so that they can go back to that and make decisions based off of those values. And so I think when you don't have those values to go off of, and by the way, I'm so sorry I've said those words so many times now, values and principles, but I'm about to end this portion right here. But I will say that I do think if you don't have any core values, it's very easy to get swayed and it's very easy to be indecisive in life. So my best advice, and especially to the, I think I was 20 years old at the time I was reading the book, principles by Ray Dalio my advice to my 20 year old self is to know what those core values are and practice them and preach them and look for friends and people to be surrounded by that embody those exact principles the next question I often ask myself is where do I ideally want to be a year from today So honestly, I personally actually look more from like one year, three years, and then five years, but I know for some people that can be kind of a stretch because I will admit, I do think I've had friends where they've almost like belittled me in a way for having this vision or grand vision of knowing kind of what I want two years from today because they're like oh my god I don't know you know what I want to eat for breakfast tomorrow and it's like okay that's not the same thing but more so more importantly like it's not like those people are in my life anymore because I recognize like if someone doesn't understand and appreciate the fact that I do have some sort of you know wishful goal and something that I am working towards and can't respect that and can't even I don't know, acknowledge it in a positive way. Certainly, I don't want those people in my life. But back to the point, I think looking out from a year from today is not too far out. 
and even to help yourself there as well I like to look at it in increments of three so oftentimes I'll look at where do I want to be three months from today six months from today Um, not necessarily nine months because that's such like an awkward time in my opinion but usually three months which is you know something where you can measure a little bit closer six months is like you know obviously it's it's short term enough but still like getting towards long term and then one year is you know a year flies by fast so I think at least projecting where you would like to be a year from today is just a great place to be in if you are in a position right now where you're like shit I just I want to get my life together I want to start choosing my life I want to start making better decisions in my life I would say you can certainly create those increments for yourself but more importantly I have three categories that I look at when it comes to evaluating my life a year from today so one will be financially the second one will be spiritually and the third one will be physically so financially especially where I'm at. I'm 23. I graduated about a year and a half ago now and I live on my own. I live in Los Angeles. It's, uh, you know, more expensive than most cities, as most of you know. And so for me, in order for me to afford to live on my own and afford just the overall cost of living, I also have to calculate, you know, how much I need from my actual business and then how much I would like to make in other projects that I'm pursuing and you know where it could take me a year from today and what I can do today to inch towards that goal and um, I mean I'll be candid right now too I actually have a very audacious goal audacious meaning just grand big kind of uh, what I call Olympic goal if you will because I was once training for Olympics you could say um obviously I don't I don't quite think I was going to be able to compete for the team USA at the Olympics in skating but um certainly at the time when I was like 15 16 and doing triple jumps in figure skating um I was at a point where I was like okay it can be practical if I compete for another country and so long story short obviously I never met the Olympic goal it's very very difficult um, not only difficult sport but just very difficult to make and at the time I was 18 I had a back injury it just kind of halted my skating career and then of course I went on to college but um, ever since then I kind of would say certain things like oh this is my new Olympic goal because as a teenager I was training towards this vision of competing at the Olympics or an international level in the sport of figure skating and so I kind of convert that into my normal life now where my new Olympic goal is to be able to fully work for myself and work on my own um, and quite frankly, eventually leave the nine to five life as much as I love it and gain so much from it. It's uh, probably not my top choice because I, I find myself more aligned with the things that I do as like a freelancer or as someone that has like a tiny team. Obviously, shout out to Julia who works uh, with me um, for the podcast and as well as Tiffany um, who also helps me on the podcast and my business Instagram and social media management and all that. So shout out to you too if you are listening. Um but certainly I, you know, my that's my Olympic goal is to be able to completely do all of this on my own. Um, and then my bigger audacious goal, what I was getting at is that I actually have a dream to live by coastal. And 
I know obviously it's a very big goal to achieve, but basically I calculated how much I would need to net as in like actually take home after taxes and all that. And um, if I would, you know, maybe only spend in total about $4,000 in rent in both New York City and Los Angeles, I would be able to afford living by Coastal. And um, in case some of you guys think, you know, 4000 is a lot. Well, yes, it is. Although you should look into how much cost of living is in both New York and LA. It's just like, you know, very different from Philadelphia or Austin, Texas, for example. But um, I have calculated like the reality and like the realistic number that I'd be able to do it at. And um, that's just like my audacious goal. I'm not saying that's going to be a year from today, but definitely on the radar for two years. And I actually have some lovely friends in the entrepreneur world who want to live by coastal with me as well. And so we're kind of helping each other work towards this goal financially um, and probably going to like be able to help each other, you know, share the rent and whatnot in New York City because that's kind of where we want to be, hopefully and eventually. But we all know things change. So I thought I would openly share that, which is truthfully like very open of me of sharing I don't like to share too much of some of those things but I figured like if that's an audacious goal of mine I would love you know if somehow that helps you guys think bigger and helps you think in a more grand audacious way as well and then the second part is spiritually so when I say spiritually I just think kind of like self-awareness and how in tune you are with yourself and your relationships and just the people around you so I just think just your energy level and uh, where you want that to be I mean I think that's very hard to measure but I think when I look back on my self-awareness and my spirit my spirituality over the past three to four years I know from junior year to senior year of college it grew massively and certainly I can say it's grown every year in which I would say you can kind of assume that's the case because you know as each year goes by you're going to grow a lot with experiences and the people you meet so that's kind of a given but it's rather what are you going to do with that information and you know, make yourself better out of it, I guess is my thought. And then the last part is physically. So health means a lot to me, both mental and physical health. And so I think every year I just want to get stronger, more toned and look my absolute best. If you follow me on Instagram on the What Fulfills You podcast Instagram, you probably have heard me talk about the body image criticism I have received from a family member. Um, But, you know, fortunately, I'm able to put that aside, yet I still always want to get better. I still want to improve my physique and look as toned and, you know, my top-notch best self as possible. So that's something I will always, you know, look more so, again, in the three months and six months increment because we all know a physical fitness journey is what it is. It's a journey. It's not something overnight. If you want to build a nicer ass it's gonna take a couple months and you're gonna see progress from three months six months to a year and same thing with getting abs and getting a more different body composition like that's all going to take time and I think that's why I like to look at all three in like a six months year-long perspective the last question or topic I think about 
when it comes to putting myself first and saying no to things is simply long-term versus short-term thinking. So what I mean is that when I make decisions, I often, if I'm going to be really honest, I would say today, like in today's like of where I'm at, probably 70 to 85% of the time I make decisions with the long-term goal in mind. So, for example, it's kind of funny. I wouldn't say this applies to me as much today as it did back two to three years ago. But um, during a time that I was single from my then boyfriend of four years, we were broken up for about six to eight months. And I remember at the time, many of my friends naturally were convincing me, you know, hey, you should check out dating apps. You should, you know, maybe not necessarily hook up with other boys, but just be open to that and not be so stuck on your one guy and I I wouldn't say I was stuck on my one guy but I did remember telling one of my friends her name is Riley and this was like at a Christmas party at home and I was telling her you know it's really funny because as much as I think hooking up can be fun and you know having not necessarily one night stands but having something casual with someone so maybe it's like someone you're talking to like in the talking phase and maybe you're getting like I don't know Chipotle one time but you're not but you're not going on like formal dates or whatever but you're also like still sleeping together or something of that nature um I was saying as much as I like I guess kind of like that or at the time I was 20 I just can't bring myself to want to do that anymore and be involved in that kind of culture because to me, when I think of hooking up with someone, I think it's such a a short-term gain and a short-term high because the reality is, is that there is no meaning behind it. There is no sustainable feeling off of it, right? Like by that point, like by the time you're like hooking up with someone three to six times, you might develop feelings for one another and if it's not going to go down that route, it, it can be, you know, not that great and whatnot. So I just think like, for example, like, like I said, like I was much more stern about it three, two, three years ago than I am now. Like I'm not saying I do those things today, but I'm not like a stickler about it the way I was back then. But I used to tell my friend like, you know, look, you have nothing to gain So, like, for me, when I was, like, when I came across certain guys and, you know, they, they showed that they wanted to have something casual, I asked myself, like, like, what do I gain from it? What is it that I'm going to feel a month from today after I do it? What is it I'm going to feel three months from today? And like I said, it's kind of psycho to think that in a sense, although I don't think it's psycho, but I I do understand if you think that's, like, wow, that's so anal about something that is so normal in our 20s right but you know we're all different and so like I said I'm not so anal about it today but that was an example of when I applied long-term thinking into a short-term scenario and so that goes with money as well when I was saving up for my car I bought a pre-owned Mercedes SUV back in 2018 was it no 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 was it? No, no, 2019. I'm sorry. So it was, yeah, 2019, a year, like a year and a half ago, a little bit more than that. Um, 
I remember it was because I got into a very bad car accident November 2017. So that was three years ago. I was driving on the freeway. My friend was actually in the car with me and just this car did not stop. And I remember looking in the rearview mirror. We were on the freeway um, and we were in the carpool lane. So it was like a Friday traffic. Traffic was stop and go. This car was not paying attention and he just like rammed into me and practically like went under my car because his car was like tiny and I remember you know driving that car was not the same I had PTSD afterwards um and it was like a small sedan as well just like a four-door sedan so at the time I remember I mindfully started calculating how much I needed to save to have like at least a couple thousand or close to you know ten thousand to put down as a down payment towards a car by 2019 which is exactly what I did but that was again using a lot of long-term thinking because I was like okay you can buy this sweater or you can use that 50 80 100 that you would have put towards that lovely sweater and put it towards your savings account for your future car and so that's the same exact thinking um obviously that's like a financial type of decision making right there but that's also thinking about what I want more so I always think as well when it comes to long-term thinking it's it's always about what do I want now and what do I want most and when I stood there in you know made well and asked myself okay do I want this sweater more or do I want the new car more and I chose the car every time because you know my car accident was like just so I don't want to say it was like terribly tragic but it was just very I think I had three car accidents that year and each time someone hit me I think in like February 2017 someone t-boned me and she was texting on her phone and ever since then that's why I you know very much avoid looking at my phone while I drive things like that I just had like a lot of um, unfortunate experiences with that car and I felt like it was time for me to save up for a new car finally so um I guess that kind of ties back into how to put yourself first and say no because I think if you ask yourself these questions on your own, you can start to evaluate what it is that you really want out of life and when you come across situations, again, for example, hooking up, if you're kind of like me on that scale and you're not, you know, maybe I'm not saying like you're not into hookups but what you value more is a meaningful conversation in a meaningful relationship with someone not meaning it's a boyfriend but just a meaningful connection with someone um, you're gonna be able to say no to hookups and maybe even parties more so um, you know when you when you put that question in your head and I think same thing like physically if your goal is to lose five pounds in the next three months or two months then you are going to have to train yourself to say no to you know, eating too much, I don't know, I'm not an expert on weight loss, truthfully, but I guess too much calories, really, because as far as I know, weight loss is pretty much just eating less calories, um, or like burning more calories than you consume, pretty much, and so, you know, again, if that's like your goal, then you have to learn how to say no to those things, but I think what makes it hard for us to say no sometimes is that we forget what it is that we value the most you know what I mean so I have a lot of friends and I know a lot of people that find it difficult to say no to girlfriends or whatever when they're like hey let's go out tonight let's let's drink or whatever or let's go to the bars right and 
truth be told, they would rather stay in and maybe read a book or whatever. But they, they fall into peer pressure because they're like, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to have FOMO. I don't want to make my friend angry, right? But then you got to ask yourself, okay, but like, would you rather spend a couple hours on a Friday night, at least for that particular weekend? It doesn't have to, you know, always be consistent, right? It depends where you're at. But would you rather spend that weekend or you know, getting, being hungover and drinking and spending money at the bar and talking to people that you'll probably not see again? Or do you want to grow yourself? Because maybe you're just like where I was when I was 20, junior in college and having a lot of mental blocks and mental obstacles and, you know, realizing like that was much more important. So I think, again, you just have to get into the practice of asking yourself, what is more important and what is going to put me in a better position to get lucky in the future and just really optimize on all the opportunities that I could have if I choose what I care more about today. And in my situation when I was 20, fall semester of college, and this was when I was actually at a new university as well, um, I did not go to any parties, actually, truth be told. You can ask any of the friends I had or I would still have um, during that time when I was, you know, a new student, new transfer student. Um, I remember saying no to this Halloween party at Pepperdine. My friend, uh, she, her boyfriend um, played tennis there. And it's funny, they actually just got married. But um, she was like, she knew I was going through a breakup still and was kind of upset. And she's like, okay, let me introduce you to some amazing guys from the Pepperdine team. And when she called me that day, she's like, hey, are you still going to come up? And I said, you know what, I'm like, I'm sorry, just like I'm not in a good place. Like I just need to really focus on myself, honestly. Like I don't think a new guy, even if I have a good connection with him, is going to change the fact that I want to improve my character right so um yeah that was pretty much a rant if you will but I hope this kind of inspired you some way one way or another to learn how to put yourself first maybe you want to write down these questions as well especially the first one which is what are the values and principles I live by and write them down write it in your journal ask yourself what are these values and if you don't know them now is a great time to start figuring it out and if you are interested in reading the book uh, Principles by Ray Dalio, I will put it in the show notes as well. It's a really great book. It's thoughtful. It's uh, very well written and it just really shows you that you can apply these same core principles in not only your relationships and your work but just everywhere in life. And with that, guys, that is all I have for today. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. And before you guys leave, be sure to check out my career ebook guide. It is on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog. This is great for those of you who are in college right now looking for a little bit of guidance on, you know, the career stuff, applying for a job, improving your LinkedIn cover letter, resume templates, all of that good stuff. You can find more and just what the book entails on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog.